0: Amen. Can we give God praise one more time in this sanctuary? Listen, Faith City, I'm so glad to see you tonight. Welcome to Wednesday in the Word here at Faith City Church. Amen. So my name is Minister Dantes, for those who do not know, but I'm so glad to be here today uh, with you all. Pastor sends his love and First Ladies send their love to you today. I know many of you guys had questions about the singles and the uh, married couples who sent in questions, and we look forward to pastor and first lady answering those questions uh, next time we have Bible study. Somebody say April the 12th. April April the 12th. I guarantee you they'll be here. If you have not submitted your questions in regards to that, it is not too late. Please remember you can go ahead and submit your questions at info at getfaith.net. That's info at getfaith.net. Net. But we're so excited about the word of God on tonight and what God's going to do on tonight. If you could turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9. Can we just give our pastor and our first lady a hand clap one more time in their absence tonight? Amen. Second, it says, we are hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. God, we thank you for your word tonight, and we thank you, God, that you're here in this room. God, we thank you that your presence will sweep through this room like never before. I ask that I decrease, Lord, and you increase in this place as we speak tonight. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. This has been an amazing series. I don't know um, about you, but I've been blessed by this series, Ghosted, entitled Ghosted, and It has really spoke to my life in regards to evangelism and reaching out to others, and I have been blessed by this series, and tonight we're going to continue in the series entitled Ghosted uh, with a message entitled, Turn Up the Pressure. Turn up the pressure. You ought to find a neighbor and say, Turn up the pressure. Turn up the pressure. The definition of ghosted that we've been using is ghosting is the act or the practice of abruptly cutting off all contact with someone, usually without an explanation or by no longer accepting or receiving phone calls and instant messages. and. As pastor has already said, many of you all have been the ghoster and many of you all have been ghosted and I've been ghosted in my life and I've also been the ghoster. But one of the things that I've discovered about being ghosted and also people who ghost other people is that they tend to ghost people because of the intense pressure of relationships in life. They tend to ghost people because of the pressure and the expectations that they feel in relation to relationships and life that may be going on. Maybe you've been ghosted before, and maybe you've been the ghoster, but how many have felt pressure in the room? How many have ever felt pressure, pressure to spend time with your kids and your spouse, pressure at work? Pressure at home, pressure when you get bad news, pressure with those bills, pressure to eat healthy. I don't know about you, but I have pressure to eat healthy, pressure to exercise, pressure to meet those unrealistic expectations, pressure to meet those expectations that you put on yourself. Because sometimes we can put expectations on ourselves that cause pressure. Nobody asked you to do that, but you had the pressure and the expectation that you had to do it. Come here, singles, pressure to get married. Come here, married folk. Pressure after you get married to have kids. Pressure. Pressure, pressure, pressure on social media to have the perfect picture or the perfect post or the perfect reel. Most of you guys spend hours upon hours coming up with the perfect caption, perfect post, trying to find the perfect filter, turning up the pressure. It doesn't matter what your background is, it doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter how much money you make. I came to tell you, as long as you live, pressure is coming for you. Pressure is coming for you. Especially in the life of believers, pressure is coming for you. Because we have a calling on our lives. And the enemy would love to come in and snatch the calling of our life. But I came to tell you, he can't. But the job of the enemy is to attack you in a way that you feel like you're under pressure. He'll attack you in your mind with pressure. He'll attack you in your body with pressure. He'll attack you with pressure. Paul, in our opening scripture today, shares with us that we are pressed but not crushed. It is the first hardship and the display of God's power. In the Greek, the word press means afflicted, to be brought into difficulties or troubles or distress or suffering. The term translated as crushed is similar, which means afflicted or distressed to a total point of hopelessness. It describes being in a situation that we're not able to escape, where there's no hope. But Paul shares that even in the midst of that, even when we're in the severe pressure and strain, that we have a God who will come and be the hope that we need. We have the God of hope living inside of us. And what I love about Paul is that he never, ever covers up what we go through as Christians he never covers up what we go through as Christians. What I love about Paul is he isn't one of those Christians that you run up to and all the time you see him and they say and you ask them how they doing and they say I'm blessed and highly favored. <laughs> you know you find that Christ, that Christian and say uh, you say how you doing? How's your week? How's your family? And they say God is good all the time and all the time God is good. You know how it rolls. And I'll ask your neighbor how are you? How are you? Say, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Yeah, I I said, God is good all the time, and God is good. Listen, what I love about Paul is that he doesn't cover it up. And I don't believe, as Christians, that we should cover up our witness. We should be honest with people. Like, Paul, we shouldn't cover up the harsh realities of life. Sometimes we might feel hard-pressed on every side. We might feel like we're in trouble, but the reality is is that we're not completely crushed. We can admit that the circumstances are perplexing, but we'll never, reach the, we'll never have the opportunity to reach the point of hopelessness and despair. We sometimes feel lonely, but God will never leave us nor forsake us. God will never abandon us. We might get knocked down. We might get pushed over. But with the power of God that lives inside of us, we'll never be destroyed. That's right. You ought to give God praise right there that you'll never be destroyed. And the enemy didn't know what he was doing when he placed all the pressure on you. I came to tell you that the enemy didn't know what he was doing when he placed the pressure On me, He didn't know that I was going to come out better than where I am now. He didn't know that I was going to come out stronger than where I am now. He didn't know that I was going to get double for my trouble. If the devil knew that, he wouldn't have put the pressure on me. But I came to tell you today that if you can stand the pressure, that he'll give you double for your trouble. He'll give you double for your trouble. We learned about the woman at the well on Sunday. We learned about the woman after the well. She was filled with pressure. We learned, we know in the Bible about Job. His wife wanted him to curse God and wanted him to die. He was full of pressure. We know about Daniel. He was full of pressure not to pray, but he believed in God enough to believe that he was going to shut the mouth of the lions. We know about the three Hebrew boys in the Bible, and they said, You can turn up the fire, you can turn up the pressure, because I know my God is producing something better. For me, and when I come out of this, you ought to tap a neighbor and say, when I come out of this, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be better. When I come out of this, I'm going to be better. Romans 5, 3 through 5 in the Message Bible says, there's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in trouble because we know that how our troubles develop passionate patience in us and how the patience in turn forged tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for for what God wants to do next, what God wants to do next in your life. I came to tell you just hold on for what God wants to do next in your life. Hold on for what God wants to do next in your life. In alert expectation such as this, we've never felt shortchanged. Quite the contrary, the Bible says we can't round up enough containers to hold up the generosity that Jesus is going to pour out into our lives through the Holy Spirit. I came to tell you today that if you hold on, I know the pressure may be building up. That Jesus is going to come and he's going to see about you. You know, one thing I love about God is that he keeps us. And I love the fact that he does that. And we as Christians, you know, the pressure builds up for us. But we have a God and we have the one who we can turn to. Who can simply turn down the pressure. Who can give us Peace beyond all understanding. We have a God, like in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it tells us that we don't have to worry about anything, but instead we can just simply pray to him. We can simply get on our knees and pray to him. We have a God that tells us that he has everything that we need and that we can thank him because he's already done it. We have a God where we can experience God's peace and it will exceed our expectations in anything that we understand. We have a God who will guard our hearts with peace and that he is peace and that he lives inside of us. We have a God, we have a hope that we can turn to that will help turn around our situations But I came to question you today and ask you a question and to make you think, what about those who are around around you who are far from God? Do they have the same hope? Do they have the same one that you have living inside of you? As I begin to prepare for this message, I begin to just think for a minute, where would I be? If it had not been for the Lord on my side? Where would I be if I had been in that circumstance where I almost lost my mind? Where would I be without a Savior who was deep down inside of me, standing tall inside of me, telling me I could still run on? Where would I be? Where would I be? That reminds me of old song, If It Had Not Been. For the Lord on my side, tell me, where would I be? Where would I be? But in Luke 9, 57 through 58, Luke is telling us a little bit about where we would be. He's telling us a little bit about other people. Let's let's go there to Luke 9, 57 through 58. It reads, as they were walking along the road, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests. But the son of God has no place to lay his head. My question for you today, where do you go when things get tough? Where do you retreat to when things get tough? Do you hide in your home when you have pressure? Do you hide from your family and friends and neighbors when you feel that pressure? Do you hide from your classmates and teammates who are far from God when you feel that pressure? Or are you a witness at work when even you're feeling pressure? When things get tough, birds fly above it and stay in their nest for safety. But what about you? Are you surrounding yourself with people who think and act like you, only to ghost those who are beneath you and desperately need that hope at work? Me and my wife were at dinner with somebody, and I was simply amazed there. They were Christians, but this made me think, and, and there's nothing wrong with their approach and the way they want to do it, but it made me think as I was listening to this sermon and, 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 and going through this sermon and writing this sermon, I simply was thinking to myself that, you know, there are people who need to see my witness each and every day. There are people who are not necessarily in my walk where I am with Christ. Not to say that I have arrived, but not in my walk with Christ that need to see my walk each and every day. There are people who need to see it, and and these people, they were telling us about people they don't associate with because they're Christians, they don't necessarily go out with because they're Christians, and everybody has their level of where they are, and everybody has their thing, but I begin to think to myself, what if Jesus had had the same thought in the Bible? I begin to think, what if Jesus had done the same thing? to people who were beneath them. When we read in the Bible, we see Jesus in places that people said that he shouldn't have been, with people he said he shouldn't have been with. He was a great example of a witness. So I came to challenge you today. Are you witnessing to the ones who live in your life, who live near you? Luke continues in 959 Through 62, and it says, Jesus said, Another man said, Follow me, but he replied, Let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still, another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and goes back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. There's no excuse for turning back. But if you're going to be a follower of Christ, you have to hear the clear calling that there's no turning back. We are all called to be a witness of hope of Jesus and Christ inside of us, no matter what. I came to tell you to turn up the pressure. Do you feel the pressure to witness to those who are far from God? I came to tell you to turn up the pressure. Are you surrounding yourselves with those far from God? Turn up the pressure. Have you ghosted the people all around you who are far from God. The gospel is alive within us and at work in us. And we should not ghost the world around us. Turn up the pressure. Turn up the burden for those who are far from God. Turn up the boldness to share God's story in our life, people with people in our lives. Turn up the pressure. Turn up your belief in power for salvation. Let me tell you, there are more people to reach. There are more people that are looking for God. There are more people who are far from God. Paul puts it like this and asks the church in Rome and believers that I still believe are listening today. He says in Romans 10 and 14, how then can they, speaking of those who are far from God in in our lives, call on the one they have not believed in. And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Listen to this study. According to practicing Christians in a recent study conducted, it said 65% Of Christians believe a witness I believe in witnessing their faith to others it says 65% of Christians believe being a witness about Jesus is part of their faith the next one says 47% of Christians say that it's wrong to evangelize 47% of Christians say that it's wrong to evangelize 38% 38% of all practicing Christians say there is no non, they have no non-Christian friends or family members. That's hard to believe. No, no hard. But that is what a study said. 38% of all practicing Christians say they have no non-Christian friends or family members. That means that they have disassociated with their family, they have disassociated with friends. And 38% of them believe that they should not have non-Christian friends. But I'm I'm thankful that the majority of these people in this survey believed that they should witness and tell others about their faith. Because Luke clearly records this in Acts 1 and 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness. In Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth Jesus made this clear in this time in this space in this earth we are to be witnesses in Matthew 28 and 19 he says therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Spirit Mark 16 and 15 says, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. John 20, 21 says, and Jesus said, peace be with you. As the father sent me, I am sending you. In these verses that we have been reading and right after in Luke, When we see the three unfit followers, Luke continues to record Jesus' ministry by telling uh, us a story about several other people. Some theologians and and people believe that these people were titled Sending the Seventy-Two. Luke writes, after this, the Lord appointed seventy-two others and sent them two by two. Ahead of him in every town, in every place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Does that sound true today? Does that sound true that there is a harvest of those looking for hope? but there aren't enough believers in the field sharing about God. My question is, has the church ghosted the field of evangelism? Has the church failed to evangelize because it might just be a bad fit for our lives? According to the study shared earlier, 50% of Christians reported having two or fewer conversations about faith with non-Christians in the last year. Now, I ask myself, why is that? Why are we not sharing our faith? The Holy Spirit convicted me and said, why are you not sharing your faith? Why are you not sharing this hope that you have on the inside of you? And can I be honest with you? And can I be frank with you? I believe most of us don't share it because we're fearful. We're fearful of being a witness. And sometimes it just doesn't fit in our lives just right. Maybe you're afraid that you're just not ready to witness. Maybe you're afraid that you're just going to mess up. Maybe you're afraid that you won't be able to meet the standards uh, that other people have met. Maybe you feel like you're unfit and you're afraid and that you'll slip up and you'll fail while you're witnessing. Maybe you're afraid that you're not enough. Maybe you're afraid that you're not enough. Maybe you're saying, "Dante, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a pastor. I'm not one of the 12 disciples. But I came to tell you good news that neither were the 72. And look. At what Jesus tells them, starting in verse 3, go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Now, I I, I read this scripture, and I I just said, we're afraid, right? And then I read this scripture, it said, go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. And maybe you feel like that sometimes, because that doesn't sound too safe at all. That doesn't sound (laughs) safe. To me, I mean, what person as a human being would want to go and go amongst some real wolves, let alone some lambs. But what Jesus is up to with the 72 is he's simply telling us that He He, he will be with them. Remember what Jesus says in Acts 1 and 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be able to be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Can I tell you that you are exactly what God wants to use? You are exactly who God wants to use. And he wants to use you because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. So next time you feel the pressure of witnessing next time you feel that pressure I dare you just to reach up inside and grab hold to the Holy Spirit most of us feel unfit because we are afraid we will mess up but for the 72 Jesus simply says heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near for the 72, Jesus wasn't expecting them to have it all together. He wasn't expecting them to have all the answers. He wasn't expecting them to be successful every time. And as we go over to the next few verses in Luke, Jesus even gives some instructions about what to do. And he says, for us today, Jesus is not expecting us to know it all. For us to be su- successful every time. He desires for us to simply share about the healing that Jesus has given us. He simply wants us to share about that physical, emotional, and spiritual experience that you've had with Jesus. He simply desires for us to share and be a witness about the kingdom of God and that it's alive inside of us. You are exactly who God wants to use. Because you are the perfectly imperfect messenger. During my years of being a Christian, I have understood that people aren't looking for someone who's perfect. Some They're not looking for somebody who has it all together. But God is looking for someone who can tell what God has done and is doing better in you. Maybe you're afraid of rejection. But look at the 72 and what he's telling us. He says, Whoever listens to you or me, whoever rejects you, rejects me. But whoever rejects me in it, let me go back. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. But whoever rejects me, rejects him who sent me. Listen to the 72 who come back. The 72 return with joy, and they say, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now, these are the 72. We're not talking about the 12 disciples. We're talking about the 72 that he sent. He said, the 72 return with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that these spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names will be written in heaven. So not only are people not rejecting you, but God is saying that you are perfectly accepted and protected. And no one will snatch you out of his hand. I came to tell you, you are exactly who God wants to use. So the next time that pressure builds up, the next time that pressure turns up, remember, you are perfectly accepted. Now, oftentimes in this ancient time, as you could see, they sent pairs. They sent people two by two. Somebody say two by two. Two. As they were going, they would evangelize two by two. And maybe you can't do this by yourself. Maybe you can't do this alone. But I pray that you get close to someone else, that you work with someone else who can be a witness, and that you could work together to witness to others. I want to challenge you this week to pray for opportunities. I want to challenge you this week to pray for opportunities. We have some amazing evangelists here at Faith City. People who don't necessarily broadcast it, but have a care for people, who witness to people even in our food pantry, who witness to people when we go out into the community. But this week, I want you to pray for opportunities to witness to people where you live at, where you work at, where you play at. I'm not going to lie. Now, witnessing to somebody is not easy. It's hard. It's difficult. But I came to tell you, it's worth it. It's worth seeing that life saved. It's worth planting that seed. You could go two by two if you needed to. King Solomon says it here really well. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Don't be a witness by yourself. Don't pray by yourself about these opportunities, but I challenge you to pray for opportunities together. Plan to be a witness. Again, I told you we have some amazing evangelists here who I hear reports about who come back and talk about those who they have witnessed to from years ago, who show up at our church but plan to witness to people. Jesus had a plan, and he sent the 72 out, not, not, not randomly, but to certain towns. He had to plan and make a schedule, and maybe you have to do that. I'm closing. But I came to challenge you today. I came to challenge you today to turn. To turn it up. Turn up the pressure. I came to challenge you today and challenge that thought in your mind that you're not enough to be a witness. I came to challenge you today. To tell you that you're more than enough. I came to challenge you today to tell you that somebody needs to hear your testimony. I know you didn't go through the struggles of life just to go through the struggles of life, but you went through these struggles to be a testament of what God can do, that God can move mountains that God can make ways, that God can heal your pain. I came to tell you to turn up the pressure. God wants to use you because deep down inside, you can see the experiences that they experience. You can see that experience that you've been through, and you can see what they're going through. And God has called you to be a witness in this day and in this time. Turn up the pressure. Maybe you came in here today feeling like you have pressure on your life. I hope I encouraged you today to know that God is a God who can turn down the pressure.